You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. Sophie is off tonight. Natsumi Kogawa gets the justice her mother has been hoping for. A jury finds William Schneider guilty of her murder after he already pled guilty to causing an indignity to her body. Ramina Dea is at the Vancouver Courthouse with more on the story and Ramina, an emotional reaction from Kogawa's mother today. The whole gallery could hear her, Chris. Amiko Kagawa incredibly grateful to the jury for granting her family justice. I'm very happy today. Amiko told us Natsumi had big dreams. She was a caring, outgoing person who did not do drugs. Amiko's emotional message to her daughter. It was a challenging case for the jury which found William Schneider guilty of second degree murder despite the fact a cause of death has never been determined and there was no DNA evidence linking Schneider to the death. I wasn't surprised with the verdict. I believed it would be the verdict all along. During his trial, Schneider confessed to putting Kagawa's body in a suitcase, but he didn't kill her, says defense. He was a drug-addicted homeless man on a date, and he panicked. Defense declined an interview. Second-degree murder carries an automatic life sentence. The only question is eligibility for parole, which can be anywhere between 10 to 25 years. A sentencing hearing has been set for November 1st. Chris. We'll see what happens then. Thank you, Ramina. Now, the former RCMP constable who was caught up in a creep catcher sting was sentenced today. Dario Devich was given a four-month conditional sentence for breach of trust. And while that's less than the Crown wanted, Devich's lawyer argues he's being punished in a different way. Dario Devich's lawyer had asked for a conditional discharge. Any comments this morning? No, thank you. But instead, the former Mountie was given a four-month jail term to be served in the community, not exactly what either side was hoping for. The fact that the Crown was seeking a conditional sentence order of 12 months, the court in this case ordered that Mr. Devick serve a jail sentence of four months conditionally in the community. The first two months will be under essentially house arrest, and the next two months under a curfew. That'll be followed by a 12-month period of probation. Devich was caught in a 2016 Surrey Creep Catcher sting. The group claimed he was meeting a girl he'd made contact with online who was under the age of 16. He maintains he was sent photos and always believed she was an adult. The court was very clear in stating that these are very exceptional circumstances and that Mr. Devich in particular had an exemplary record. There is no true victim here. Dario Devich will not have to submit a DNA sample and the judge is allowing him to take his children to and from school even while he He's under a strict curfew. He'll also have to complete 120 hours of community service. I would want to trade places with Mr. Devich. Uh, I don't think anybody here would. When you Google his name 10 years from now, uh, you know, I would be surprised if this doesn't come up. Both sides do agree on one thing, saying even with a conviction in this case, it in no way legitimizes the actions of the creep catcher group. These investigations are best carried out by appropriately trained law enforcement agencies. They're best position to 
properly investigate, collect the evidence, and as well ensure that the public confidence in the administration of justice is not put at risk by the actions of these types of, of groups. Devich was discharged from the RCMP earlier this year. Jill Bennett, Global News. An entire commercial block near one of the busiest intersections in the middle of Abbotsford has been taped off as a crime scene all day after yesterday's targeted shooting in broad daylight. Global Sarah McDonald is live in Surrey now where the integrated homicide investigation team has just released some new details. Sarah. Well, Chris, this is an interesting case because investigators have now confirmed to us that it is related to gang activity, though the victim in this case had no criminal record. Nevertheless, it is clear that somebody wanted the victim dead. The question now is why. Yet another case of gang violence has rocked the lower mainland, this time in Abbotsford. Gunfire piercing the city's downtown core on Thursday. They're just getting more and more brazen. Um... You have to be super, super, super more careful. Investigators say the intended target, a lower mainland man, was shot and killed, though this victim was unique. Our victim did not have a criminal record and that he was known to police uh, by association to those that are involved in the lower mainland gang conflict. So why was he targeted? We asked if this could be another case similar to Paul Bennett's, gunned down in a case of mistaken identity in June. We don't believe that this is a case of mistaken identity. In Mr. Paul Bennett's case, it was a case of mistaken identity. Uh, those, uh, the perpetrators of that crime against Paul Bennett, they got the wrong man. In this case, we believe that our victim was the intended target. Investigators also confirming Friday a sedan found burning and abandoned in Langley on Thursday is believed to be linked to this latest brazen shooting. I hear pop, 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 maybe four or five shots. Coming less than two weeks after another targeted hit took out a well-known gangster in Surrey. It does concern me a lot, yeah. Um, especially we just lived right down the road, so it's pretty concerning, really concerning. It's scary. It's scary. It's scary. And getting more and more all the time. No suspects are in custody in either case, with whoever pulled the trigger in this crowded public place still at large. It could have been anybody. I mean, you know, walking around there, like I said, it's not safe anymore. Police now asking for your help in tracking down another killer who could have easily claimed an innocent life. And they are making a very specific appeal in this most recent for drivers in both Abbotsford and Langley to check their dash camera footage to track down two suspect vehicles in this case, both a sedan found in Langley and another dark-colored vehicle seen speeding away from that shooting last night in Abbotsford. Chris. All right, let's hope they get something out of that. Thank you, Sarah McDonald in Abbotsford for us tonight. Now, a West Vancouver family is raising serious concerns about SPCA policies after the dog they were about to adopt was suddenly put down for bad behavior. They believe the SPCA overreacted to a minor incident. And Jennifer Palma has the SPCA's response. Hi, Parker. It was an instant friendship for the Azizi family in Echo, a rough-coated collie looking for a forever home. My husband was playing um, fetch with him and bonding with him, and um, then we uh, went straight in to adopt him. But Echo never went home with Frank and Jennifer Azizi. Moments after adopting Echo from the West Vancouver BCSPCA, the 10-month-old collie was taken away from them and eventually put down for what the couple says was nipping and the tearing of Frank's jeans. Frank grabbed the uh, dog food 
and in the bag and he was holding it in this arm and Echo jumped up and nipped his arm and then he turned around and nipped his calf sort of ankle area and uh, the staff called for an immediate refund. It was nipping, it wasn't biting so there was no damage to the skin, um, there was no bruising. The couple is devastated. They had gone in to adopt Echo on September 20th. They have owned other collies and knew Echo needed training. They were shocked the SPCA would have the dog euthanized. The SPCA says it was the only solution. It was con very concerning behavior and it was a new escalation of behavior. So we canceled the adoption. He was assessed by multiple staff with behavior experts and we determined that he just wasn't safe for the public. The SPCA adds they don't take euthanizing animals lightly. The Azizis say they're still not clear how this all happened. They didn't want the 10-month-old dog put down. He was never in his history designated as dangerous or aggressive. Neither, neither term. Jennifer Palma, Global News. Turning now to the civic election and another blow to the party that has dominated Vancouver politics for the past 10 years, but now seems to be in a little disarray. Keith Baldry joins us with some news about Vision Vancouver dropping a candidate at the 11th hour here before the election. Yeah, the once powerful political dynasty showing more signs of falling apart. Uh, one of their candidates, they dropped their endorsement of this fellow, Wei Zhang, had been a candidate nominated by Vision Vancouver. Not much information related to this. Uh, Vision put in out a statement saying they've dropped him, their endorsement of him as a candidate because of uh, recent events that came to light after he was nominated. Now, he will still remain on the ballot listed as a Vision candidate when people go to vote tomorrow. Also, uh, even in the advance poll, presumably any votes he got were from people who thought he was still a vision candidate. But no uh, more woes for a once powerful political dynasty, uh, Chris. This, uh, now there's no hope of getting a majority on the council. They're only running four candidates now instead of five. So the woes continue for the once powerful vision. And we will see how it all shakes down with you right here in our studio tomorrow night for yep. election coverage. It's going to be great. All right. Look forward to it. Thanks very much, Keith. And an update to another of the controversies that have dogged the campaign. This one in Richmond. RCMP there now say that so far they found no sign of criminal voter manipulation. Their investigation was launched late last week after allegations of vote buying associated with the social media site WeChat. The Mounties say they haven't found any actual victims of the alleged scheme, but they are still investigating. Now, Global News, as I mentioned, will be providing extensive coverage of results from right across the province tomorrow night. Our Richard Zussman has a preview of some of the biggest races, including Vancouver. Richard. The one thing, Chris, everyone's waiting for an election night, results. And we're going to have them for you live tomorrow night as part of the show. And we have some great things to use to show off those results. Let me show you my council chamber I'll be using tomorrow night. Here it is, and I can walk around and show people the makeup of city councils across Metro Vancouver. The reason why it matters this time is because the mayor is just one vote, and because of how divided things have been during this race, there will likely be some very divided councils. Let me show you what it looks like in Vancouver now, before Election Day, and Gregor Robertson is not running again. You can see him 
sitting here. There are only three incumbents running again, including Adrian Carr, Melissa DiGenova, and Heather Deal. We also have Hector Bremner, who's running for mayor, but everyone else is not running again. The reason that's important to acknowledge is no matter who wins the mayor's job in Vancouver, there is a likelihood it will be a divided council. Surrey, another huge race to watch. Three-way race for mayor. We may see a divided council there as well. The front runners are Bruce Hayne, Doug McCallum, and Tom Gill. Other races to watch? Derek Corrigan is in the fight of his life against Mike Hurley and Burnaby. And Delta, a three-way race. Sylvia Bishop, Jim Sesford, and George Harvey. It's going to be an exciting night, and we can't wait, Chris, to show off a little bit more of this. Should make for some great television. Thanks very much, Richard. And Keith and I and our entire team, as I mentioned, will be back tomorrow night with our coverage of BC's municipal vote. We start at 8 p.m. on BC One and then pick it up on Global BC at 10 p.m. And of course, we'll have coverage all night long online at globalnews.ca slash BC, our Global BC Facebook page as well, and on CKNW Radio. Right now, though, it looks like the perfect neighborhood. Large homes perched on a crest overlooking the natural beauty of the Seashelt Inlet. But the dream homes are virtually worthless with sinkholes popping up everywhere. It's a nightmare for residents, and Aaron MacArthur joins us now from Seashelt with more on who's to blame. No easy answer, Aaron. The developer and the municipality are both being accused of not protecting homeowners' investments here in Sea-Watch. And while a court case winds its way through the system, people here are concerned about their safety. Well, a big 20 by 40 foot sinkhole open from here to here. For Ross and Aaron's story, their dream ended the day their front yard disappeared. The sinkhole forced them to abandon their new home and forced officials to condemn the building. They want answers, and so far, no one seems to be taking responsibility. And, you know, you think it, you buy a home in 2010 and you've got insurance and government and you think that... Things were built correctly. And things were, you trust yeah. that things were built yeah. correctly. The unstable ground in the Sea-Watch neighborhood has been an issue for years. Residents claim the district knew the land was suspect as early as the 1990s. But now homeowners say the situation is dire. New sinkholes are opening, the latest one just weeks ago. And a recent engineering report says immediate action needs to be taken or lives are at risk. The engineers have been right on. Uh, they predicted that everything that was going to happen in this neighborhood has happened. And now we're to the point where our neighbors and ourselves are facing the most looming damage because of inaction by the district. The district of Seashelt maintains, even though it's named in a lawsuit, this is an issue between the developer and the homeowners, and that homeowners need to evaluate their own personal safety. I think the decisions were made appropriately by the council of the day, and I think I assume that the people who developed the land as private developers and the people who purchased the land as uh, homeowners all were aware of that information. They have covenants on their title, and they made decisions that they thought were appropriate. Chris Moradian bought his dream home in good faith with an understanding of the risks of living on a hillside. He says the city should never have let people live here. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that something went wrong back in 2004, 2005 when this thing was approved. The original approval did not contain any, any warning to future home, uh, future occupants of the land that is going to be hazardous. There are likely no short-term easy solutions here. But any long-term solutions are millions of dollars away.
and likely won't be implemented until after the court case is heard, which is in 2020. Chris. All right. Thanks, Aaron. And while Aaron is in Seashell, a late development to this story, in a statement, the developer, Concordia Seawatch Limited, sympathizes with homeowners but blames the District of Seashell for negligence in handling the development process and says it also is pursuing legal action. The B.C. Conservation Officer Service releasing this video today of an entire family of grizzlies released back into the wild near Castlegar. The family was relocated from a developed area to prevent any more human conflict. The mother bear wearing a tracking collar so they can keep an eye on her. Well, it was a lofty and, in hindsight, probably unrealistic goal when Gregor Robertson first took office as Vancouver mayor back in 2008. A promise to end homelessness. Of course, it didn't happen, and some would say the problem is even worse now. But what will the ultimate legacy of Robertson be when his term ends? Richard Zussman has a look. For the past decade, he has been the face of Vancouver, taking power at City Hall in 2008, being a big part of the Olympic Games, riding his bike on bike lanes he brought to reality. But what will define Gregor Robertson more than anything else will be the housing crisis. It's created a, a negative tone around uh, the city, which is which is challenging because we're, we're doing well on so many fronts. On Saturday, Robertson's replacement will be elected. He decided not to run for re-election after 10 years in office. Under his watch, the price of detached homes have exploded in Metro Vancouver, a benchmark price of $648,000 in 2008 is now $1.54 million. Given the global forces and how they're affecting all big cities around the world, it's, I can't solve that. In Robertson's estimation, global forces led to record investment in the city. And the province, governed by Christy Clark, and Ottawa, governed by Stephen Harper, didn't care enough about the housing issue. It's really challenging dealing with the province and the federal government because they were kind of ignoring the crisis. In terms of regrets, Robertson says he doesn't have any. He says he's proud he promised to end homelessness, although he came short of that goal. There has been a recent boom in rental housing being built and there's now an empty home tax. Uh, we could see the, the train wreck happening for uh, people on, on the margins on housing. Yeah. Robertson won't officially be off the job until a new mayor is sworn in next yeah. month. But in looking back, there's a lot of pride. I felt very lucky and honored to be the mayor at a time when our city really went from uh, a city that people was on people's radar a little bit as a destination maybe, but I think now, 10 years later, we're, we're really a world-leading city. After what comes next, Robertson says he's looking for something in the private sector and he won't rule out a return to politics one day. But before all that, he says it's time for a vacation. Richard Zussman, Global News. A royal launch from an iconic purge for this year's Invictus Games in Australia. Prince Harry joined Australia's Prime Minister in scaling the Sydney Harbour Bridge to raise the official flag. The annual event gives sick and injured military members the opportunity to compete in sport. Toronto hosted the games last year. Breaking news tonight in the case of Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi last seen entering the Saudi consulate in Turkey. The Saudis have confirmed tonight that he is dead and they're offering an explanation for how he died. 18 suspects, all Saudi nationals, have reportedly been arrested and a top Saudi intelligence official with close ties to the country's crown prince has been fired. After earlier stating Khashoggi had left the consulate, 
The Saudis now say he died in a fist fight shortly after arriving there more than two weeks ago. Turkish officials say there is evidence that Khashoggi was tortured, murdered, and then dismembered. Yesterday, a number of frustrated parents spoke on the news hour about their special needs children not getting the assistance they're entitled to at school. The province says it spends hundreds of millions on special needs education, but the parents maintain it isn't going where it should. Catherine Urquhart now with more on where the public school system is failing. Okay, ready, set. For Christella and her sister Johanna, Go. Friday is a pro D day and it's happily spent at the playground. <laughs> it's a welcome sight for their parents who have been struggling to get Christella help in the school system. Thursday, they spoke out, along with other parents, about the lack of education assistance at Grenfell Elementary. She has a severe uh, loss of hearing. The right, the right ear doesn't hear at all. And the left one is uh, moderate to severe. Soon after, while getting shots of the school, we spotted Christella sobbing, alone. You were sad. Very sad. Yeah. Um, Do you remember why you were sad? Uh, I don't know why. felt like crying because this is the one that uh, we told the school that uh, we felt that she's been isolated. And uh, this is not the first incident. Shock because the promise safety issues has been uh, handled. Depending on a child's special needs, the education ministry allots extra funding to school districts. But how exactly is it being spent? Christella's parents believe money is not going where it should to help their child. They don't uh, allocate a little, uh, the money enough for the people that needs to have the, that money to be, to be spent on the right way, especially for the, the kids that needs the help. The Vancouver School District did not respond to questions today. BC's education minister agreed to a phone interview. Some of these parents said their kids are getting zero services. Well, that, that shouldn't be happening. The funding does flow provincially and, and, uh, and districts make decisions that, um, you know, that, that should always be in consultation with parents and with uh, teaching staff and administrators at the school. Next year, the B.C. government will introduce a new education funding model. Christella's parents urging more accountability for how those funds are spent. Catherine Urquhart, Global News. Whale watchers jump in to get a closer look at a humpback and her calf with nearly disastrous results. That's coming up right after weather. But before we get there, getting a closer look at a rare bird would be a once-in-a-lifetime thrill for birders on Vancouver, uh, Vancouver Island. The pine bunting, native to Asia, has never been seen south of Alaska, but one has been spotted near Oak Bay, sending a ripple of excitement through the community. Birders are now flocking to the area, hoping to see the rare bird for themselves. For the birding community, this was a really big deal. We had people from Vancouver the next day spend the whole day in Uplands Park, along with a lot of local birders, trying to find this bird. But despite spending all day, nobody recited the bird. It's not the first time an Asian vagrant has arrived on the West Coast. Birders say climate change is driving the trend with large storms pushing the birds off their regular migration routes. Hopefully the little birds spotted again. We'll let you know if we hear 
Right now, let's check in with Christy Gordon and a look at uh, another beautiful weekend ahead. Christy? Yes, might be tough for birders, though, to be looking for birds tomorrow because we have a fog advisory in place. It's for tonight through part of the morning hours tomorrow and Saturday night as well. Near zero visibility expected in these areas. So that's the west coast of Vancouver Island, extending into Port Alberni, east coast, especially near Campbell River and Comox, and then along the Sunshine Coast. So again, uh, that's a fog advisory for tonight. And the concern is it will be pretty tough for it to dissipate. This was the situation today. Didn't dissipate along the West Coast at all. I did a little bit along these areas, but not much. Whereas further south in areas like White Rock and Victoria, that fog did pull away from the coast. Here's an example of just that. Look at that. Pulled away from the coast so that areas could enjoy that sunshine. But you can see it. It's almost like you could just touch it. And if you're wondering, we had three different types of fog across the province today. This is advective or advection or sea fog, and it's created when warm, moist air moves over that cooler water and creates that fog. But out in the Fraser Valley, this one from Marg, looking out towards uh, the mountains, you can see as the sun is rising, this is radiated of radiation fog, and that's when the air actually cools right near the ground and creates that fog just near the ground. This type of fog, though, dissipates quite quickly, so you'll be enjoying sunshine. Meanwhile, in the interior, we had small fog and that's from all of the smoke that we're seeing across the province so it's a combo of the smog or the smoke yikes <laughs> not sure what happened there everyone okay <laughs> yep. uh, or fog so it's a combination of those and uh, Ken sent me this one and he said he was thinking maybe it had to do with the pot shot that had just opened uh, but no it's the smoke and the smog that you're seeing being trapped in from this big upper level ridge meanwhile yes we're seeing that across the lower mainland as well very hazy across our area in fact our air quality health index has risen today so it's at a moderate level and there's we're expecting it to continue through the weekend that means that you need to consider reducing strenuous outdoor activities if you're experiencing symptoms. So again, that's through the weekend that we're expecting it. It won't break up until this big ridge breaks up on Tuesday, everyone. So there's your tomorrow. Just a chance of showers in the morning for the North Coast. Otherwise, morning fog, morning frost, afternoon sunshine across the region. Spectacular Saturday. We'll see similar conditions on Sunday, except for those of you, of you that may not break out of the fog. It may be tough, the fog advisory areas, but three Three more days before the rain pushes in, and I'll leave you with this beautiful shot from Vancouver. Rick Barron sending us that one. Oh, the Yacht Club. Beautiful. All right, thanks very much, Christy. A chance to get up close and personal with giant whales is proving a little problematic. The French-owned island of Reunion on the Indian Ocean is one of the rare sites where swimming with whales is allowed, but over-eager divers have been getting too close to the humpbacks. In one case, it provoked an agitated female with her calf to take a swipe with her tail. The humpbacks can weigh up to 30 metric tons. Close to 230 of them have been spotted in that area, which draws a lot of divers. Well, inspired by her own mother's battle with breast cancer, our Sonia Sunger was back this morning with her second annual event in support of the Canadian Cancer Society's Wigs for Kids program. More than 100 people have donated their hair and talked about what motivated them to help out. Here's a look. So I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2013, so I was completely bald um, a year later. And um, I vowed to grow my hair to donate. Uh, it all started when, uh, I guess the quest started about three years ago when a couple of good friends did it. And then about a year and a half ago, uh, my mom had ovarian cancer. 
uh, that was successfully removed and has kept going. So here we are. You just got your first ponytails chopped off. Are you scared? Kinda. <laughs> well, your hair looks fantastic, and we're so thankful you're here, and you're here with your mom. Mom, why did you want to do this with your daughter? Um, just because it's the right thing to do. We have so much hair, and we can just give, give, give. I thought if I can donate gray hair to those people who have gray hair when they, have their, when they lose it, best thing to do. I lost my good friend, Riva, about a year ago. And uh, I wanted to make her a wig, but she would have never worn it. She, yeah. just, wa- she just rocked her hair the way it was. Want to um, give my hair out because of all the wigs that got stolen and the kids who needed it. What does it mean to you to know that your hair is going to help someone else? It means a lot. Um, I've had family members and dear friends that have had cancer. So if they can have hair instead of being bald, it would be really awesome. Great work by Sonia and the entire morning team to put that on. We had a lot of help around the city to do it, too. And thank you so much for everybody who came and donated their hair. Uh, Not possible for Squire and I. Uh, Nice to see you. That was you banging away up there. What happened? Okay, so I went through that door. No, I didn't fall. I went through that door and something fell off the door. Something metal. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to check that out. Wasn't my fault. Clearly wasn't screwed on correctly. There's no break-you-buy policy in this place. No, that's right. No injuries. Really? That's There's right. going to be a Ferris wheel downtown? Be a giant Ferris wheel. Wow. Friday for the big wrap party. As opposed to the little Ferris wheels? Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope there's a big party at BC Place tonight. Yes, and hope there are a few extra fans in there. Mm-hmm. They've been struggling a bit getting fans at BC Place Stadium this year. They've been pushing hard for people to come to this game tonight, and hopefully they are. And the Lions are hoping to have a playoff party for those fans at BC Place because, as we said before the break, it's win, and they're in against the Edmonton Eskimos. The Lions' win would also mean the Eskimos will not be going to the playoffs. BC has rallied in their last six. They're 5-1, and one, including a win over Calgary in Calgary last week. Now, there was a point when the Lions were 3-6, and six, but as we talked yesterday... One of the parts of the Lions game that improved dramatically was special teams, and you need that in football, and theirs have been great of late. Uh, Hats off to Jeff Reinbold, the uh, coach of special teams, who's in his first year with the Lions. Uh, The defense also improved as the season went on, and one of the guys leading the charge from the defensive line is Sean Lemon, who was with Barry. Barry and Lemon. Now that's refreshing. All right, here with Lions uh, defensive lineman Sean Lemon. Uh, Sean taking on Mike Riley and the Eskimos, obviously a huge game. Last time they were here, you beat them, and you got to them uh, for three sacks, including one by yourself. What is the key to getting to a top quarterback like Mike Riley? Uh, just play fast. You know, our secondary, we have one of the best secondaries in the league, so they're going to give us extra time to get there. Just play fast up front, and when you get a chance, take a shot on them. He's not afraid to pull it down and run. Who's going to win that race, Riley or Lemon? Uh, we're definitely going to win that race, you know, so uh, we're not afraid to hit him, just like he's not afraid to run, so uh, that's the plan. You know, just try to make him uncomfortable in the pocket. You're playing against great quarterbacks like that. The only way they feel pressure is when you hit him. So much on the line tonight. You guys win. You're in the playoffs. You know, I mean, I mean, that's obviously a lot of motivation there. How, how do you approach a game where there is so much on the line for you? Uh, just, for me, I just look at it as just another home game for us. We've been fortunate enough to be able to take care of home for us uh, during the season. So just look, I face it as another home game. Don't change up anything. We've been doing great at home, so just stick to the plan. With the exception of the Hamilton game at Hamilton, where uh, you guys obviously lost big. You guys have been very good. Best, best team in the league, really, in the second half. Um, 
what what have you guys done you think specifically over that time period that has, has led to you guys being in this position i uh, just focus in do the extra things watch film together and uh just you know do the extra things put the extra time in and just come out and play fast Gonna be a line win tonight the most definitely will be All right. <laughs> sean lemon and the lions taking on the eskimos tonight squire back to you the uh, Canucks are finally home from that six-game road trip, which was okay when you look at wins and losses, three victories. A lot of people thought they'd go out on that road trip and come back with no wins, but it wasn't so great health-wise. They lost Jay Beagle for at least four weeks and maybe even six weeks, and Elias Pettersson, Elias Pettersson. I called him Elias <laughs> earlier in the year, but now we know it's Elias. Actually, you know what he said? He doesn't care. Pettersson, Peterson. In fact, in some ways, he doesn't mind Peterson because it's North Americanized. But we'll go with Elias Pettersson. That's what his mom and dad call him. Anyway, he is doing better with the concussion, but he won't play tomorrow against the Boston Bruins at Rogers Arena. But even though, even though he missed two full games in that trip and was out in the third period against Florida, or for most of the third period against Florida, he was still the top point getter on that road trip. Six points. Bo. Sven and Alex Edler all checked in at five. And, of course, Brock Besser, who had the overtime winner against Pittsburgh the other night, he had four points on the road trip. Sunday, the Whitecaps, yes, despite that disaster the other night, they still have a playoff chance. will be in L.A. to play LAFC. Los Angeles's other MLS team, the Galaxy, are in Minnesota. This is interesting. They have sold 50,000 tickets for this game between Minnesota and the Galaxy because Zlatan Ibrahimovic has said, despite Minnesota having artificial turf, he is going to play because that's his job and there'll be lots of fans to watch him. Now, there have been superstars in MLS who have refused to play on artificial turf. That's why at BC Place we never saw Thierry Henry or Didier Drogba. But Slack will play. On. Now, David Beckham played up here at BC Place. Uh, only six of the 22 teams in MLS don't play on grass. Although we should mention Minnesota will switch to grass next year. A lot of players from Europe hate the idea of artificial turf. They believe it's hard on the body, causes fatigue, causes injury. That's one of the reasons you may never see a European star like Ibrahimovic play for the Whitecaps. What was that all about? Is that a salute to Canada? It could have been. Could have been. Okay, game six, Dodgers win, and they're in the World Series. But the Brewers may have other ideas. Jesus Aguiar, this is in the first inning, driving in a couple of runs. Coming to the plate. The throw home, too late. Brewers lead. Moustakis at second with two out. Kratz goes Eric Kratz will drive in another run. Now, if the Brewers hold on and win this, Game 7 will be tomorrow, and the um, World Series would start Tuesday in Boston. It starts Tuesday in Boston no matter what. Brewers surprising everyone but themselves, although they did say they were underdogs. Yeah, but... Uh, the networks would love L.A. Again. Yeah, they would. They would. All right, Squires back after a break with satellite debris. But first, here's Kasia Badurka with five things to do this weekend. Kasia. Yep, we've got tasty, spooky, a little country. But first, let's get cozy and improve our space at the Vancouver Fall Home Show. Get inspired by countless exhibits. Meet the experts and celebrities and see what's cooking by Vancouver's top chefs. Get spooked on the haunted Vancouver Trolley Tour. Hop on the San Francisco-style trolley and see the city in a new eerie light. Stop by famous haunted spots and hear the fascinating stories. And now to celebrate. Diwali Downtown Surrey is the festival's main event, attracting thousands to enjoy South Asian culture with food, dance, and an Indian-style market. 
pick out a pumpkin and sit by the campfire at Southland's Heritage Farm in Vancouver. Meet the goats, sheep, chickens and horses and learn about where your fruits and veggies came from. And now for the foodies. Head to Salt Spring Island for the Sip and Savor Festival. It's a culinary adventure and grazing experience. Sip fine beverages from the Gulf Islands and savor samples of delicious local food. Find more info on this at globalnews.ca slash five things. Five Things to Do is brought to you by BCAA. Get a BCAA membership and save with our many partners. Plus, get the best roadside assistance. Should be some chuckles and satellite debris prior to the election tomorrow. There always is. Uh, there was a time when there were no cell phones. I know it's hard to believe. Hard to and personally, I don't remember that time. <laughs> but there was a time where there weren't cell phones. Now, some people who were around then think, you know what? Things were better back then. We talked to each other. We didn't text. We phoned on the regular phone. We didn't have these things stuck to our ears. We didn't have to worry about driving and getting caught with our cell phones. Mm -hmm. But three network. I think in England says, don't you believe it? Phones are good. <laughs> Mobile phones are bad for us. That's the headphones are bad. All the generations of actors are mad. I need to get phones all bring about the party. Life was better without phones? Really? Crikey! Is that a clock into this? Answer the head! Oh gosh, best avoid that. Turn left. That could have been a disaster. Phones one, haters zero. <gasps> Kevin? No, 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 no. 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 Friends only. No. Group photo. Group photo. Another group photo. Which one is she? Phone save wise, believe this. are good and they're even better on the best network for data three okay are you convinced now how long is she going to be in there that's what i'm wondering. uh well if there's something interesting in the phone it could be ours yeah uh okay this one you showed this in the uh promo mm -hmm. this is from nimble which loans money i guess for cars here we go i think i found your problem there's no engine in here what no, it's just two German guys taking a sauna. Hello? Hello? How did this happen? We put water on the hot rocks. I'm talking to the mechanic. What do we do? Well, we've got to take the whole sauna out and put an engine back in. Engine back in. I don't understand any of that. 
but it sounds expensive. Why don't you nimble it? Don't you say things? No, he's right. Nimble do fast little loans. Once approved, you get the money in just 60 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's have a conversation. Nimble. Fast little loans. Because unexpected happens. I don't know, I don't know why I like that so hard. I couldn't hear the, the last guy, part. Don't you say things. <laughs> uh, okay, back to the three network again. Oh. Ah. Bookend commercials. This mm -hmm. one, though, has a dancing pony. something that's funny makes a difference it does silly things they matter that's why we end the week on friday with <laughs> exactly. satellite debris exactly done it again my friend mm -hmm. okay don't forget big civic election coverage coming up tomorrow we start at eight o'clock on bc1 we pick it up on global bc at 10 o'clock we're going probably all day online we're doing facebook live you name it this is the place where you want to be for election results tomorrow. Get out there and vote. I was just going to say, get out there and vote. That stands for vote. <laughs> <laughs>